if you haven't cottoned on, the theme that we're all talking about is uh, is what God spoke to us about, and and really the phrase I think Dad repeated it was that um, Phil asked us to spend time with God on the mountain and figure out what the what he wanted to say to us, and and um, yeah, I really struggled with that because I was hit pretty hard at the end of the year with just feeling like shattered, but in the best way. I felt like I'd given everything of myself towards the end of the year. We had events roll over each other and and I felt like I was just really, I mean, that's what I love. I love being busy. And then when I stopped, like I crashed hard. And um, to the point where there was like this day right after Christmas where I was laying on the couch reading and I was really thirsty and wanted water and cried because the tap was too far away. And um, and I was like, you know, like I was like, that's a bit dramatic, but like, no one can see me, so I'll let it happen. You know, you know. So um, and then God just said to me, pretty clearly in that space that I just hadn't, I'd actually given up part of discipline, which was Sabbath. So during the year, God had taken me on this massive journey last year around what the Sabbath looked like, why we should implement it, and that it that it creates more work the rest of your week, but it's so important you know, to function and give God this this phrase that I heard recently on a podcast was giving God back the dominion over time in Sabbath is to reestablish that, that God has dominion over our time. And um, because of all of the things that were happening towards the end of the year, I, I the first thing that left was the Sabbath because things get busy and you start to roll on Saturday and all of a sudden that's when the chores need doing or the house needs cleaning. And when I'm busy, I get more into that space where I'm like, everything has to be perfect and organized and I'm a bit OCD about it. Um, And God said to me, you actually like didn't stop to realize that I have dominion over time still. You know, I'd I'd forsaken that. And um, so it started a healing process, a good healing process, a re-energizing process. And then the first week, back into the year I was worship leading and God gave me a really stern word about how I was not to start um, half-heartedly, you know, that I needed to bring a lot of energy to it and and he was requiring my heart to be really in this space. And that kind of, that kind of transitioned a f- through a few weeks of me understanding that God was asking for a all of me start to the year. And... Um, and that that was going to be carried throughout the year sustainably because I understand who God is. And he, first and foremost, has dominion over my time. And I will selfishly guard that now, you know? I, like, it has, to, it has to be guarded. And so this is the... In, in that space, God, I really felt God say to me, you haven't devotionally or personally spent time with me. And how easy it is as leaders to read the Bible and be like, man, I could write a curriculum on that, or I could teach on that, or I could do this with that. How easy it is in my prayer time to go before God with everything else going on in life, people that need praying for, and and actually forego the personal aspect of it, like devotionally reading just for me, praying just for me, sitting before God just for me. And I realized that hadn't been happening. And... um, Two of my very best friends in the world live in Wanaka, and I was on the phone to them last night, and Sonny asked me, how are you going to keep yourself healthy this year? 
and we had a conversation around this kind of personal devotion, personal prayer, rest aspect, and I just really feel that that's where God's calling me, and it's and it's hard to say that I haven't done that, because it feels vulnerable to say that that's not been the space that I've been in, but that's the point of this morning, is to be vulnerable, because it's it's not just me that struggles with that, and it's easy to think that people who stand on this platform don't struggle with things like that, but it happens. So this was the verse, um, Psalms 19, that has really been uh, a prayer or a cry, if I could say it that way, um, trying to wake up every morning and and pray this out, um, because it requires challenge from my spirit, it requires challenge from my flesh, and um, yeah, it's, it's moving me in the right direction. So it says, the instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making them glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I'll be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This thing is a beautiful passage, and David does this weird thing where he switches between first person and third person, but I just think it's that, you know, sometimes we have to just tell our spirit, you know, tell our flesh, that's enough, tell our spirit, rise up, and I think that's the tension in the scripture is that he's going between knowing himself and then actually also having to say something to his flesh, let not the blatant sins or the rebellious heart stand, and, and for me, that's... That's currently the prayer that God's put on my lips, um, and that's really where I feel called to um, sit for the rest of my life, not a season, for the rest of my life. I'm required to sit before the Lord and understand that he has dominion over all of my time, that he calls me to both give of myself completely and rest in him wholly, that he calls me to understand that my flesh is is to be commanded and spoken to, and that my spirit is called to, to ease in the way of God. And, and not because I want to live by this, this law, but because I want to live by the love of God and he requires certain things of me. And, and that starts with me personally and devotionally being before him first, before giving anything else from that. And... This year, as you like, I mean, it started with a crackle and a pop. I'm <laughs> the youth leader now. Woo! Um, and I'm actually super excited about it, but it's not something that I saw coming, and it's something that I said to God a long time ago I would never go back to um, because teenagers smell. Um, but actually, I just have been like literally day after day, God just giving me these like, visions or words or ideas or strategies around our youth culture and knowing that I'm in for a massive year externally but internally I'm in for a like very peaceful year you know because God's really establishing some rhythms and some reasons for what I'm doing so that's where I'm at 
and um, I'm super excited. Um, and my question alongside of that is just, uh, it will be up on the screen shortly, but is this what you prayed for? It's such an interesting thing to get to spaces like right now where I get frustrated and complain about certain things or it all seems too hard and just this hit home statement that God gave me the other day which was this is what you prayed for and I think it's so easy to forget that five years ago I was praying to be in this spot and um, and God was teaching me then principles that he was asking me to implement now in order that I would stand healthy and strong and God wanted me to challenge us as a congregation with, is this what you prayed for? Because there's always something else. There's always something else that we're praying for or striving for or reaching for. And, and it's so easy to forget that right now where we're standing is actually what we prayed for five or ten years ago. And God wants to encourage you in that and challenge you in that space because there's a, there's a contentedness with him that should be in attention with wanting more of him, you know? And um, that's really where I feel I'm at. Right. Well, at the start of the year, Phil actually said, you know, we need to take some time to climb the mountain with God. And so I did that. I climbed Mount Kakapuku. And uh, on the way down, sort of had an, an epiphany, a revelation that perhaps Phil was talking metaphorically. Uh, because <laughs> I didn't find God at the top. So, although I think Julie wishes she was finding God at the top because uh, it, was, uh, it was quite the haul. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, we talk about you know, uh, finding God in different ways. And, and um, so for me, um, I'm also a study person. So connecting with God is about, is about studying. It's about reading, uh, uh, reading books and really asking those questions uh, not that uh, you, you, know, you read a book and, you, and then you say, well, you know, that's, that was great and I'll, I'll add that to my inventory, but rather, what do I think about this? What, what's the author's point of view that's different from my point of view? Do I believe everything that they've said? Because we know that God is infallible, but there are lots of authors out there with their best intentions who are not. And so oftentimes when I'm, I'm reading and I'm studying, um, it's about asking that question. Is there something here that I need to add to my faith? Do I need to add to my belief? Is there something that I uh, can take away? Is there something that challenges something I already believe? Uh, or is it, that's all very nice, but that's not for me, and that's okay. Uh, the other thing that, uh, that uh, also uh, really uh, God was uh, pressing upon me towards the end of last year was to get back to Scripture memory. Uh, scripture memory used to be something that was that was quite big, um, and with the advent of Google um, and uh, uh, electronic Bibles, uh, the the idea of actually remembering what Scripture says has become less and less. Uh, because if you don't know where it is, you just search for it. You find you know any verse that you want to. You only need to know a couple of words, and and uh, and away you go. And so God has really been impressing upon me to to get back to Scripture memory. Uh, and so I've been starting to do that. But one of the interesting things is, as I've been remembering verses, uh, God's really been sort of challenging me and says, it's not just an, a bunch of words to add to memory, but you need to put some, some spirit into it. 
And uh, even as I've been uh, reading Scripture, you know, it's very easy when you've got a memory verse where you just sort of go, oh, okay, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all. You know, it's like it's just words that you have to memorize. And, and yet God is saying, no, this is life. This is, this is powerful. This is something that you need to invest in emotionally. And so, so rather than just reading the Scripture... It's about putting that emphasis in it and, and just believing that the Holy Spirit is speaking with you, uh, as, you as you memorize Scripture. So that's my pathway, my connection to God, either through uh, reading what others have, have written. Um, and uh, sometimes I read some excerpts uh, from the books to Julie. And of course, I'm reading things that are written 100 years ago. And she's, she's like, how do you even understand the language? Uh, it's changed so much. But, you know, there's different perspectives, even from people writing, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, thousand, a thousand or so years ago and understanding their perspective on the church is just so much different from what we see today. Uh, and then also getting into the scripture. Uh, uh, Phil mentioned that this uh, we did this Destiny Finder and it's interesting because I'd been challenged, one of my memory verses is in Ephesians 4 um, and it, it talks about the ascension gifts. Now the ascension gifts uh, are not it's, we don't call them the ascension gifts in Ephesians 4 because they're higher than every other gift, okay? But there's all that mis misperception there. It's the ascension gifts because when Christ ascended, he gave these gifts, right? So it's the ascension gifts are not higher than, but when Christ ascended, he gave these gifts. And Ephesians 4.11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Uh, and, and God was really uh, uh, highlighting to me that, you know, the key uh, that we often miss there is, is in verse 12, Ephesians 4.12 says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, I've, I've, I feel that I'm gifted as a teacher. So my responsibility is not to teach. It seems a bit bizarre. But, you know, I'm gifted as a teacher, so... I should be teaching. No, my responsibility is to equip others so that they may fully understand the Word of God, so that they may be able to read the Bible for all it's worth, that they may be able to get out the insights that, uh, that the Scripture is packed with, and that they may be able to do the ministry that is the church. And so it's really this, uh, you should have noticed from, uh, from Jamie, so you know, I'm offering uh, to, to teach on uh, hermeneutics and homiletics. Yeah, that's for all those people that says understanding the Bible and then how to preach it. Uh, why don't you just say that? Well, because the technical term is hermeneutics. And anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, so, because that's the gift of a teacher is not to to tell you the answers, but to actually be able to enable you to find the answers for yourself, and not to preach a good message, but to enable you to carry the message. Uh, to the world. And so, so the question that I have for you this morning is, do you feel equipped? See, it's very easy for us to stand here and say, well, we're equipping you. Go, do. But do you feel equipped? Do you feel that you've got the resources and the abilities uh, that the, the leadership team has put enough in you that you can go and do? Because it's easy for me to say, well, you know, you've listened to all these sermons, you should be out there doing it. Uh, but if you don't feel equipped, then we've not done our part of the equation. Our responsibility as leaders in the church, our responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work. And the outworking of that is to build up the church, 
which is the body of Christ. It's not to get people into this building, but it's to build up the church, the body of Christ, wherever and in whatever form that may be in. So I'm going to encourage you this morning as, you, as we get around the connection time to ask that question. Do I feel equipped? Is there something missing? Is there something that we can do as a church to help you to do the ministry that God has called you to do, not just sit back and wait to be ministered to? Amen. Awesome. Let me start off by giving a shout out to all the non-study people in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Geeks over here. No, it's good. <laughs> Definitely not my mode of connection. Um, I love revelation from God's word, but I, I do it completely different. Um, I have a verse that scares me, and I want to read it. It's Matthew 7, 21 to 23. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I, Jesus, will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. For that verse reminds me that I could do all these great things and completely miss the point. And so, end of last year, and I was frustrated because I'm doing a lot of things, but was my motive in the right place? Was my giftings in the right place? Was my direction and purpose in the right place? And that verse keeps me humble. Because like you, I get tired, I get frustrated, I get angry, I lose focus, I become disconnected. And all of those feelings affect my role as a husband. It affects my role as a father, as a work colleague, as a friend. It even affects my role as a, as a pastor. So that verse keeps me humble and reminds me of what's important, and that's my connection with God. So to have the space to go and spend time and build connection was the greatest gift that I received. For me, it's easier to disconnect than it is to, to connect. I can read my Bible and say my prayers and be completely absent to what I'm doing. It's very easy to sit there and say a grace and not actually mean what you're saying or sit there and you know, do the work just out of goodwill. And God's been really challenging me on motive and heart. And, and those things I feel I do all the time just out of habit, God's asking me, mm, let's look at that because I know you and I want you to know me. Um, yeah, I f felt flat um, and I ran out of puff. And the reason was because I tend to lose my connection with God. I try to do it on my own and my own strength and you know, all of a sudden I, I, I get that fatigue and everything else suffers because I'm not seeking the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom of God and everything else will come un, unto you. But I'm thankful that I serve an amazing God who always loves me. Always. Always wants connection. Always wants the one thing that is most important and that's just time. I have a few highlights in the air that I look forward to. I love celebrations. I love birthdays, I love Christmas, I'm a massive family person with a massive family. Um, you know, I love those sorts of times of year. April for me is probably one of the biggest highlights of the year. That's when the deer are roaring, that's when it's exhilarating for me as a hunter. 
I just, I would love to disappear for the month, but Chani won't let me. So we're working on that. Um, but the biggest highlights for me throughout any year is the time when God calls me away on a holiday. It's just him. It's just me. Those times are precious when God's called me away. And there have been times where I've called God away. <laughs> God, I need you for a few days. And I take two or three days to go and sit with him and be with him. When I get called to go up his mountain, God says, come with me. I know exactly what that looks like and where that is. And my question is, do you have a mountain and do you know what it is and where it, what it looks like? For mine's a 19K piece of road that runs through the middle of the Kaimanua Forest. It's a place where my dad taught me as a young fella. It's a place where I go with my older brother and my friends. It's a place where I take my children when they turn 10 to celebrate them, to pray over them, to speak into their life. So I take two nights. That's where I go on holiday as a family. It's a place where I call home. Um, it's a place where I feel most closest to heaven. When I step out of the car and put my feet on the ground, just this overcoming sense of peace and love and God's presence is, I don't feel that anywhere else. And that's why I call it home. And so when God calls me to come to the mountain, I know exactly where that mountain is. But I go with an expectation because God's calling me. I get to leave my role as a father at home. I'm not a father. I'm not a husband. I'm not a friend. I'm not a work colleague. I'm not a pastor. I'm a son. And that is an amazing place for me to be as a son. So I'm expecting to meet God, and God always shows up. Two weeks ago, I was there, and, and I have a bunch of questions. I always have a bunch of questions that challenge who I am because my gifting that came out of the chart was, is very pastoral. I'm not a, a builder. I'm not a, a well, as much as I love to teach or, or preach, it's, it's not my gifting. I would rather sit down with you and have a coffee and just talk about life to be able to walk with you and, and allow God to speak into a situation. That's, that's who I am. And I struggle with church structure. I struggle with how that fits in a box. I, I really battle that. And so I take questions like that to God. Oh, what am I doing? Am I in the right place? And God always answers. God always shows up. God always speaks to me. God always meets me in that place. It's the best place for me to stand in my connection with God. And two weeks ago, I stood there and I opened up the car door. That's all I had to do. <laughs> and wave. After wave of his love. I just stood there and my arms lifted up to God. No better place. I was pretty thankful no one drove past because I would have just seen me going like this. <laughs> You all right, sir? Yeah, I'm fine. Just keep going. <laughs> I want to know, do you have the mindset or the barrier that, oh, that's nice for you, but I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to take three days off to disconnect. Because I can tell you, you have, it's something you can't afford not to do. 
It's the time where God refreshes you and, and lifts you and speaks to you and reguides you and reshapes you. The good thing I like about going down to that little piece of road is there I can't talk to anybody. There is no communication. There is no Wi-Fi. There is nothing. I'm completely disconnected. It's just me, my Bible, and my gun. And I go and sit on a log where I don't think anybody's ever sat before. And, and God just speaks, and it's so clear, and I come home excited. I come home energized. I come home ready knowing what God's calling me into. And, uh, but it's my responsibility to climb the mountain when God invites me. I want you to, to ask yourself this morning, where's your mountain? How often do you climb it? Husbands and wives have got to create space for each other to climb the mountain because your marriage will benefit from it, your family will benefit from it. Everything benefits from when you spend time with God climbing your mountain. Do you know where your place's connection is? If you do, make sure you camp there regularly because it is awesome. Thanks. One of the things that uh, I um, thought that I would speak on is really the importance of over the summer, we felt that God asked us to put aside some time to personally connect with him intentionally at the beginning of the year. I felt the Lord say uh, over the summer not to rush into the new year, but to pause to connect with him and that he had treasures for us as staff members in doing that. It's kind of funny because um, the way that I began 2020 wasn't so good. At about uh, 8.30 on the 31st of January 2019, I was uh, overcome by the vomiting bug, a diarrhea bug that was going through the Waikato, and I spent my New Year's Eve on my knees speaking loudly into a great white telephone, we used to say. And I, I'm not telling you that to be gross. I'm telling that to say I had a little chuckle in the midst of my pain. I would like to say, though, Kathy was not rubbing my back. <laughs> like, sympathy, support. Yeah, she needed to hold my ponytail back out of the... No. Um, but anyway, I had a chuckle in the middle because I really felt the Lord saying, I'm purging you of the toxicity of 2019. And it all came out. So I, I began the year clean. You could say I slept a lot at the beginning of the year uh, to recover from that. But I, I, I tell you that story, um, not so much to focus on what's not so nice, but to focus on the fact that um, just acknowledging that 2019 was a particularly tough year for us. Um, it's actually even worse than 2018, which was really hard. Uh, for, for family reasons. And 2019 was hard. There was a lot of struggle in it for me personally. Um, and we got to the end of the year and, and, I, and I did crash, but it's because of the, the struggles that, that, that we were facing. And you don't always get to see those. You know, I don't stand up each week and tell you everything that's happened during the week. It wouldn't be appropriate for me to do that. It's also not appropriate for me to use this platform as a whining station where I just complain about how hard life is because it's not really going to build you up. But the truth is, if you look behind the curtain, it was an incredibly tough year. One of the challenges that I can share with you that made it difficult, and, and we've reflected on this, um, 
as a family, but also as a staff, one of the things that made it particularly difficult for me was the difficulty to engage people as family because they didn't feel like family. And as the dad, to coin a phrase, that was, that was hard to hear, but it was really hard to walk through. And I'm not pointing the blame your way, I'm taking responsibility for that. Because the culture of my family at home is my responsibility. And the culture of this family here is also sitting on my shoulders as a responsibility. Not singularly, but as the head. And I, and I wanted to, to acknowledge it because we've been speaking about this as a staff and we've been challenged by it in a way that's stirring us to change things. Because our goal and our desire is that we are family. The promise of God that he gave us prophetically when we first came here in 2015 and he reinforced it through 2016 was that revival would come through family. And that makes family really important if we want to see God move in our midst. And so we're working on that. And we invite you to join us as we work on that. The other thing that made it really challenging was that throughout the year, uh, for us as a family, we, became, we came to realise that Kathy was struggling with what we now know as burnout. Um, she had a really tough start to the year and it got worse. And we didn't know how to deal with that. Uh, we found some professional support for that. The staff were really helpful in that. Um, but again, it wasn't something that we stood up and waved a flag on because we didn't really know what that journey was going to look like. Uh, poor Palmer flew into the country in the height of that struggle and I uh, really apologise for what you landed in because it wasn't, it wasn't nice. It wasn't comfortable. It, wasn't, it was tense and it was a struggle and, and nothing was normal. Our normal uh, was not there. Um, so I'm letting you know that because as a result of that, the elders have um, got together and, and we've invited Kathy to take a period of extended leave from staff. So she's not on staff at the moment, um, on purpose. And I'm telling you that so that you're aware of the journey we're on, the journey that she's on, but also that you maybe readjust your expectations. Because I have uh, purposefully dialed back all expectations to zero. So she's not, you're not, she's not speaking today. She's not speaking on the roster. She's not leading any ministry, which is not punishment. We've, we've worked through that. It's space that we've created to allow her to connect with God, allow him to bring his healing in a way that works for her, and that she can emerge uh, on the other side of that with a greater connection with God and an understanding of who he's called her to be. I don't profess to understand it as far as uh, the, the psychological, emotional, and physiological uh, journey, so I won't comment on it. But I, I suppose I'm a participant in it. When I asked the staff to take time out at the beginning of the year to connect with God, I knew straight away that my, my pathway, one of my key pathways to God is study. I just, I've discovered over the last 10 or 12 years that um, a walk in the bush doesn't do it for me to connect with God, as it does, you'll hear shortly, for someone else, but study does. And so I knew to start the year to connect with God, I would just get my books out and I'd go deep. 
I mean, I'm, I like studying weird stuff, like, why did Zipporah, the wife of Moses, touch his feet with a foreskin? I'm not preaching on that today, but if you have questions, I'd be happy to help you understand. In this specific case, okay, all mental pictures, gone. Uh, in this case, the Lord really pointed me towards something called Destiny Finder, which is written by Michael Bradur, who's a pastor in California, and it was about self-knowledge. And I've done gifting testings, and I've coached personality, I've taught it in, in corporate seminars. But this was just a different tool that the Lord put before me, and so I, dive, I, I decided to dive into it. And Destiny Finder helps you understand what are your giftings, as per the biblical teaching on giftings, and focuses on four key areas. The first three I'll talk about are um, the, the giftings that Jesus gave the church mentioned in Ephesians 4, the motivational giftings and the ministry giftings Paul teaches on, which are both in Romans 12 and, and 1 Corinthians 12. And you get a little graph and it gives you a narrative and explains why you are the way you are and why you do what you do. The key observations for me, understanding the way I'm wired, is that we are where we are now as a direct result of the way I'm wired. The way that I lead is shaped by the way God shaped me. If you want to look at the graph, I'm happy to share it with you, but what you'll notice is that I am really, really high on apostolic and prophetic, and I'm really, really low on comfort and encouragement and reaching out. It's something I have to work hard at or find others to help me with, because you might get the impression that I really don't care. That's not true, but you might get that impression. But the truth is, the way God wired me, is, is, and the phrase that the book uses is, I'm a builder. I see an opportunity, I see a gap, I see potential, and I want to create something that brings heaven's reality into our midst that allows the kingdom of God to expand. It's the way I'm wired. I did it when I was in business, I just made money doing it. Now that I'm a pastor, I'm trying to shape a family, but that's my mode of operating. And it's not comfortable for you. And so I had to understand that. I have a really strong spiritual inclination, and that means I want to pull on heaven to get a revelation that is for us for now or sometime in the future. I'm always looking to try and create, and if I'm not creating, I'm frustrated. So I'm not apologizing for that. But I'm acknowledging it. And as a team, we've all done the assessments now, and we've sat down and realized where our strengths are and where our gaps are. The reason I wanted to share that part of the testimony of my journey in trying to connect with God is the ability that God's given us to go on a journey and understand how he wired us uniquely is something of a gift for all of us. I used to coach people and say, the greater you know yourself, the greater you'll know why you do what you do and what you need to do. You know, I have this phrase, know thyself. And the personal journey of self-discovery is not easy, but it's important. We just spent some time away with some guys praying on Friday night, and we just marveled at the uniqueness of the guys that were gathered for prayer, how different we were, but what a blessing it was to be in the company of someone that was different than you but shared the same Father in heaven and had the same desire to see people find healing. So I want to I conclude my part of the testimony just with that.
that my encouragement for all of us, and I'm, I'm doing this, that's why I'm telling you this testimony, is that the only way I believe we can truly find a knowledge of self is to go to our Father who created us. Like, I've done personality types. I've done business types. I've, I've coached people for years and, and led conferences teaching this stuff in a logical way. But if it's not rooted in the design of the Creator who loves each one of us personally and intimately, then I don't believe it's going to be as fruitful as it could be. So I want to finish with an encouragement and, and really challenge you, I suppose, to pause um, at the beginning of 2020 and think about how did God wire me and why did God wire me this way? Because when you start to look at those things, you'll begin to have a greater knowledge of yourself and in turn have a greater knowledge of Him. Because the only way you can find that stuff out is through relationship with Him. And when you come alongside Him and spend time with Him and get to know Him, you get to know yourself. And we, as a family, will be blessed as you do. So next week, I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about 2020 vision on the back end of my confession today. So you can be interested to see what that looks like based on what God said to me. Thanks for listening. And uh, Jamie, uh, who's next? Craig. Craig.